What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 14 of season four. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it's your boy, Am I Bread or Am I Live Bruno? Uh, I'm saying that because we are live, and I was trying to think of something that went with live, and I thought of alive, and then I thought of Am I Bread or Am I Alive? Bruno, I don't know if you've given the backstory to that. So <laughs> for those who don't IYKYK, I-Y-K-Y-K. tell them YK. Um, t- you know, I'm about to tell them what's up. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think, if I recall, and you'll understand why I'm saying that, it was a dark and stormy New Year's Eve one year, back in the good old Gampo All Star days. Um, you know, your boy Brundog was celebrating the end of, let's just say, maybe 2016. That's a that's a that's a shout out a hell of a year. It was 2016. I don't know when it was, but it's one of those years. You know, back when the Gampo All Stars were a thing. And you know, Bruno, Brundog, hold on, when we were a thing, we are still a thing. Oh, we are still a thing. Sorry, I meant you know. Like, the back room existed. Oh, yeah. No, they've blown that up. They've, yeah. they, they've destroyed that, yeah, along yeah. with our hopes and dreams. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so, you know, back when our hopes and dreams were still alive, uh, and I questionably was as well, you know, had a little bit too much to drink on a, a good old New Year's Eve. Uh, and, you know, I said some things. I'm pretty sure I so, I told Sam Marshall to have sex with my taxes. Pretty sure that was another direct quote. Uh, Sam is a... <laughs> he's Sam, an accountant. Sam is an accountant. <laughs> so, I, 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 I don't remember what his response is, but I, I'm pretty confident he might be able to if he wanted to. I feel like that was the last time you were drunk. Yeah. Well, I don't always share with the group chat because yeah. listen, once the once I start typing in the group chat, we don't know what I'm going to say. And you know, one of the fateful things I said was, "Am I bread or am I alive?" And I, to this day, I still don't know the answer. I think you're bread. Yeah, I mean, and alive. Yeah, for life. For life. You know, a a bread. The old me is bread and gone. Oh, that was good. Thank that you. That was good. We were doing Thank the, remember you. Remember how we used to do the song, like, not puns, but like. We yeah, we would in. throw a song. Before the year is over, we need to do a, to celebrate uh, Rihanna and the Super Bowl. Oh. We need to do, we need to do a Rihanna one. And I'm going to make you do it because. Does, do we have the depth? Because Katy Perry has depth. Do we think Rihanna has the depth? <laughs> Rihanna does have depth, but you got to go back to like, I don't, where are you fitting Ponder Replay into a, oh, <laughs> into God. A, I mean, like. <laughs> There are some there are some layups, but yeah, Katy Perry has depth. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm down. I'm no, definitely we're gonna down. Do it. We're gonna yeah, do it. But uh, oh, maybe you know what? Maybe we'll include like features because she has a lot of features. Oh, she you know do be she do be she, featured on a she lot. She do be featured. I think she, she could be feature in. I think she's going to be such a good halftime. Show. Oh yeah, she's gonna kill it. It's like she's. I mean, she hasn't been in music for a long time. She's back like she never left. You know, she's a billionaire. I think I saw that because she has a clo- Fenty. I be- or Fenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I believe. I believe. Don't don't look this up, but I'm pretty sure she's the first black female billionaire. Can't, can't respect. I think I saw that. Maybe it was Forbes or something. But like, yeah, she is a she is a force. She's a force. Yeah, 
to be brackened with. Oh, God damn it. I'm on a roll. <laughs> Bre- a roll? Bread in a roll? Uh, okay. No, I, we, should, bread. we should probably... Do, I'm, I'm going to be bread in a second. Uh, Bruno, let's let's get into uh, week 13 here, okay? Let's do We're it. not starting with Thursday night this week. Hmm. Well, why? I believe it might be because there, it was a bye week. You know, we can use that only so many times. <laughs> I know, that's my go-to. The, the Patriots have their sixth bye <laughs> week. We're on our 17th bye. Yeah. We're actually 1-0 uh, this year. That's our record. <laughs> What's getting a little uh, annoying here, Bruno, is, uh, well, the Patriots played on Thursday, and they yes, lost. They and did. you were in attendance. I was. And uh, that brings our season record to 0-3. Oh, God. That's sad. Are you going to any more games? No, I don't think so. I'm saving my money this year. I went to how, six, seven last year. It was a lot. I, you know what? How about this? If we make the playoffs, no. one of us will go. Done. Well, why would we do that? I we would guarantee a loss. Well, also, well, 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 also. Depends who we play. Also, <laughs> it wouldn't be at home. So it was almost oh, travel. Right. Going to Cincinnati. We're going to Cincinnati. We're going to play that once. <laughs> we are going to oh, play Oh, speaking though. of which, we have to talk after the game. Do you want to go to that game? Like, you want the tickets to that game? Because I know what? it's on Christmas Eve. What are we talking about? The Bengals game on December 24th. That's not in Cincinnati? It's at Gillette. Where's this? Are you talking like I know something? No, like I don't. I can't go. I'm busy. It's the C word day. But like my buddy Jake, who's like two floors up right now, is selling his tickets oh, in the ninth row. I didn't. I didn't realize that's where. Yeah. You're going so we'll chat this. later. We'll chat yeah, later. We'll chat, I, put me down as interested, I, considering I am hashtag not busy on C word. So I was like talking to him because he's like, oh, I still got to sell the Bengals tickets, and I was like, Well, we need to find a Jew. Mm. And I was like, Wait a minute. Look no further, my friend. I know a Jew. <laughs> I know a Jew or two. I, I do, and I know I know the best one around. Yeah, so, so I'm Kaboomy Down is very interested. We're going to bookmark that to talk about that later. Uh, sorry if you're interested in listening to this. Already called dibs, even if I don't end up getting them. I have dibs over you. You're listening right now. Suck it. I called dibs. I don't he know called dibs. Hey, it, it is what it is, it right? Is what, it is anyway, what it is. Anyway, I can't believe that all stemmed from... <laughs> We're not starting on Thursday. Yeah. Well, no, we started, we started and then we didn't start. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, we're going to the Sunday early afternoon slate. Okay. Yes, Starts with the Steelers Falcons. Bruno, don't look now, but here come the Steelers. <laughs> I'm not looking. I, you are partially blind That's or true. legally blind. I'm always not looking. You're always half looking. <laughs> All right. Pittsburgh got the big 19 to 16 win over the Dirty Birds. Uh, pushed our record to five and seven. Miraculously, that is just one game. Out of like where the Patriots and Chargers are in mm-hmm. the AFC playoff picture. Also, this is a side note again. I feel like I'm on some shit tonight. Mm. Um, but there, you know, like the graphics are always like, here are the teams that are in. Yep. Here are the wild card teams, and then like in the hunt. Yep. In the hunt is an elite, elite phrase for football. Like if you can say you're in the hunt, like you feel good. Like you're like, all right, we're right there. I'd almost rather be in the hunt than in. Well, yeah, <laughs> I used saying. to like being in, but now I just like being in the hunt. You know, times have changed. <laughs> uh, we have really, really, really come back to reality. Uh, but we're all those teams, Bruno, in the hunt. Yep. Um, this is the first time all season the Steelers have been able to win back-to-back games. And a lot of that, I really, you got to give credit to rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. He does have small hands, people have said. People forget. Uh, but he has now thrown 128 passes without an interception. Uh, his last interception against Philadelphia on October 30th. Sheesh. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Steelers are now 4-4 four and four in the eight starts he's made since taking over the number, the number one job. And for the Falcons, they you know they were right in it there for a minute. Yeah. They were 5-6. and six. They've now dropped to 5-8 and eight on the year. Head coach Arthur Smith hinted that changes could be coming to Atlanta. Possibly Desmond Ritter, the rookie, uh, could be getting a start over Marcus Mariota, quarterback. So, again, it just seems like two teams with similar records, but they're kind of going in different directions. 
Yeah, and I, I honestly think that if you're the Falcons, I understand for a while you were in the hunt, as we like to be say, like to be saying. But at some point, when it becomes clear that maybe it's the Bucks potentially division to lose, though, you know, they we'll talk about their game later. You might as well see what you got in Desmond Ritter. So we'll see what happens with the Falcons. Kurt, we were talking about times changing earlier. One thing that doesn't change, no matter the time, no matter the circumstances, and no matter the injuries, Packers Bears. It's just it's just Packers over the Bears every time. They just own them. Kurt. You are a Segway god. Segway kings. Yeah. I learned it from the best. Yeah. Um, Kurt, actually, much like the Patriots Jets record head to head, which I think we have we have more wins in a row over the Jets than the Packers do over the Bears. But I think I think I read this was the Packers eighth straight win over the Bears. So again, that almost feels low because it feels yeah. like they've just beaten them forever. Sure. Again, coming into this game. We had Aaron Rodgers, both hurt and injured. We like to play hurt or injured. He's hurt and injured. Both. Twofer. Um, twofer. Two, uh, twofer. Two, you know, twofer for the people. Uh, something with his thumb, something with his ribs. He's just old. I don't know what's going on. And the conversation we had been hearing this week, I'm sure you saw it too, was if the Packers get eliminated, maybe he sits the rest of the year. Maybe you see how Jordan Love does. Also, I even saw a conversation about potentially next year, which is weird because they just signed up that big contract. So I don't know what's going on with that. So no momentum on the Packers side. The Bears got Justin Fields back, so they did have the momentum. And what happens? Packers win 28 to 19. The Bears actually came out and started hot early. They were up 19 to 10. Justin Fields came back. He even ran for a 55-yard touchdown, which I feel like that happens to him every single well, game at this point. Since the goddamn Patriots right. game, when they were like, "Wow, Matt Eberflus or whatever his stupid name oh, is," God. he's like, uh, "Well, the, you know, if we look at our quarterback, you know, the best part about him is his running game." We're not going to let him do that until the Patriots yeah. game where he ran buck wild on yeah. us. So that was so really fun. Really maybe good we times. should still really take, happy about that. Yeah, let's let's actually we should take the Bears wins and add them to our own total. Okay, That's only fair. Yeah, fine. Well, we're, we still kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, we still kind of that combined team is not very good. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Bears go up nineteen ten. However, it's not how you start; it's how you finish. The Packers outscored the Bears eighteen to nothing in the fourth quarter to seal the deal. Christian Watson, ever since like three or four games ago, has just been literally a touchdown machine. Though the one he had in this game was like an end around where he like Debo Samuel did all the way from like the forty into the end zone, so that was crazy. So, Kurt, the you know the Packers, I guess at this point, are barely alive in the playoff hunt um. as the Bears lose their sixth game in a row, and they are hunting for draft picks. Isn't it funny the Bears just molly whopped us in July yeah, I know, on prime so time? Bad. Wait, was that was that seven yes. games ago? Yep. God damn it, so molly whopped. That's so sad. Uh, also, the Christian Watson story is unbelievable. I know, guy from what North Dakota State or whatever. He well, played he, with Trey Lance, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's my thing in my other fantasy league, which mm. I'm equally terrible. At, oh God. Um, <laughs> you see, for the people who don't know, Kurt uh, announced his 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 status as garbage in our group chat this yep. week. Uh, he said he's taking out the trash, and then in parentheses, it's me. I'm the trash. <laughs> I'm the trash. It's like the Taylor Swift song. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I'm the trash. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, though, Bruno. Christian Watson, in my other league, I picked him up on the waiver wire like four weeks ago after his first good game. I have sat him every oh, week no. since then because I'm like, well, he's not going to repeat oh, it. No. He's not going to repeat it. He's not going to repeat it. I have him slated to start this week. This we will inevitably, be, inevitably, be, <laughs> inevitably be the week where he gets two a, receptions for seven yards. A point fiver. Yeah. So you're going to get this week. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. You know, sometimes it's just not your year, and it's simply not my year. Bruno, you know whose year it might be? I mean, that was, that was a little dramatic. But uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars... Not them. <laughs> the, Detroit, the Detroit Lions, Bruno. Uh, Bruno, we all need a little bit of grit yep. in our lives. A little G-R-I-T grit. 
Uh, Jamal Williams got it, and he also he also got the NFL in terms of he leads the league in in rushing touchdowns. Yes, I didn't even know that. Jamal Williams, um, he ran for his 14th touchdown early in the Shit. first quarter, helped Detroit get off to a strong start, and let me tell you, they did not slow down. Uh, 40 to 14 was the final in the route of Jacksonville on Sunday. Lions were now five and seven. Again, mm. one game worse than the New, than, than the New England Patriots. I'm gonna keep saying that. It's gonna like ugh, people disgusting. forget we destroyed the Lions. People forget we, they got zapped. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they got zapped. Uh, the Lions scored on all five of their drives in the first half, so they're up 17. Yep. And then they scored on their first three possessions of the second half. So they scored their first eight drives. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what that must be like for them? Uh, unfortunately, I cannot. One, the Patriots own an offense that gets about eight uh. first downs a game, not eight scoring drives. Um, anyway, but so don't look now. They're starting to look like a competent football team. Did you see what Dan Orlovsky put on uh, Twitter I today? I, I don't think I did. What? He went on the record. Oh. On the record and said the Lions are going to win out and make the playoffs. Win out, Jesus Christ! He, he thinks they're start. going for. Uh, they play the Vikings this week, so I don't know if I agree with him on that. Anyway, Jared Goff went uh, thirty-one to forty-one, one of his best games ever in the league. Three hundred forty yards in the air, two tutties, really got the attention of Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell was like, you know, really complimentary of him after the game. Trevor Lawrence did hurt his ankle in the third quarter, was removed, but the game was out of hand at that point. So Trevor's day to day, apparently, but another huge, huge win for the grittiest team in the league. Yeah, well, Kurt, people forget Dan Orlovsky is your boy, both We're friends. on Twitter and UConn and quarterbacks who are legends. So uh, if he says it, uh, I believe it, especially if you're telling me that he says it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, Kurt, Dan Orlovsky is trying to speak the truth about the Lions. I could, let me tell you another truth right now. Two words. Mike White. <laughs> yep, I fucking said it, Kurt. The truth. What do Paul Pierce and Mike White have in common? They are the truth. <laughs> they are both the truth. Kurt. They are him. <laughs> Kurt, I fucking said it. They are him. He is him. Timothy, uh, Kurt, I will say, you know, let's not bury the lead here. The Vikings won the game against the Jets 27-22. But the story here is more about the Jets and Mike White. Um, we all saw what he did against the Bears. Mike White came in. Zach Wilson had been doing doggy doo-doo recently. Mike White comes in two weeks ago and, you know, has the game of his life, 350 yards, three touchdowns. People were like, oh, Mike White's the boy. However, you know, as we like to do, you do like to see some consistency. Many people have said consistency is key. Uh, I've said that many times. Um, so we were wondering if he could do two games in a row. And he, I mean, he kind of did it. He didn't get the win, but he led the Jets to nearly 500 yards of total offense i think 486 which against the number two team in the nfc and much like the patriots on thanksgiving against these very vikings kurt you can argue the jets should have won this game i know it's lame i know it doesn't matter who should have could have would have whatever but i'm just we're just gonna walk through what may have happened right so mike white and the jets they're down 20 to 6 at halftime you're like okay the vikings got this right mike white leads them all the way back has a one yard TD sneak with 6:45 left. I think there was a run right before that that yep. got called back, and then he had the grit to come. You know, sometimes it's hard. It's like when a kicker makes a field goal, and then there's a penalty or timeout, and they yep. have to come back and do it again. It's always impressive. So he does it again. So then it's a five point game, right? Then he gets them down to fourth and goal. I forget, maybe with like three minutes left, he throws what should be a touchdown to our old friend, our old uh, you know Honey Nut Cheerios, Braxton Berrios. I think his Twitter name is like like Honey, Honey Nut, Nut Berrios, Berrios or something. Yeah. Um, who bobbles the ball and it's incomplete, right? So then you're like, oh damn, like they could have caught that. They have taken the lead they were down five right so a touchdown even without the extra point puts them up then kurt not only do the jets get the ball back he leads them all the way down the field again only to get picked off with 10 seconds left so kurt i will say again they had those two chances they also settled for five field goals which sounds unfortunately 
similar to what Patriots fans were saying against the Vikings the other day. And so they're left wondering, could have been, Kurt, what we are not wondering is if Mike White is the guy. I fucking love this story. I don't, yeah. I don't care if I'm being overhyped or overzealous here because Zach Wilson ain't it. That's what we know for sure. Mike White is it. So yeah, he's uh, good. He's good. He is, he is good. He is him. Um, the Patriots, Kurt, as we've said, you know, are stumbling uh, right now, but at least the Jets loss helps our playoff chances. So Correct. It does. It definitely, it definitely helps the playoff chances by like a large margin. Vikings do sweep the AFC East. Crazy. Beat the Dolphins, Bills, Pats, and Jets, which is crazy. And like you said, they should have lost. They could have easily lost like the last two games. Yeah. <laughs> Even the well, Bills yeah. game. Yeah, and then I don't know. I don't remember the Dolphins oh, game. Two I think out. it was two. It was yeah, out. So yeah. they, they got, um, they're lucky. Bruno, question for you. Yep. What do the Jets, the Patriots, and Triple N all have in common? We failed it? They need to finish. Oh, God. I was like, where are you going with <laughs> They <this?"> need <laughs> to finish. Um... <laughs> Let's see here. I said, uh, I don't know <laughs> where segue, I'm going from that. Segway King, baby. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Bruno, there's no segue that can be had for this game yeah. because there was so much hype yep. surrounding how the outcome of the entire landscape of the NFC playoff picture would be after Commanders-Giants. The game ended in a tie. Yes, sir. Bruno, <laughs> you know... Ties are kind of fun. Like some most times, I'm rooting for ties. Like they're kind of hilarious, like yep. objectively. Uh, but in this case, I was like really, genuinely interested and kind of invested into seeing. Okay, which team out of these two? Because pretty much, if whoever won this game, their playoff chances increased from like forty percent to eighty percent. Yep. So it goes a long way in determining who's going to probably go to the NFC playoffs. Mm-hmm. And these squids are like, no, no, no. We're going to tie and make everything infinitely more difficult Squids. from this point on. Um, so basically, Bruno, Giants now 7-4-1. They did end a two-game losing streak, but they haven't won a game in three weeks. How about that? Um, and the Commanders are 7-5-1, and one, and they are unbe- unbeaten in their last four. I love saying unbeaten. It's, like, <laughs> it's not like they won. It's they, they're right. unbeaten. <laughs> right. And like the Giants haven't lost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's weird. Yeah. It's like it's kind of strange. Um, but... That is now the commanders have only lost had one loss in the last eight games. They're six one and one. Jeez. Which so they've really come on and it started with Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. Bruno, he has played really, really well, obviously. We've yep. talked about it a lot in the pod. Another good week for him. Twenty seven to forty one, two seventy five through the air, two touchdowns. And uh, he did all he could to will his team to win. Uh, he brought them back. It looked mm-hmm. like the Giants are kinda gonna escape here. Not not with Taylor at the helm. So uh Bruno, how do you feel about a tie? When you hear about a tie, what do you? Is it a good thing? Is it funny? Is it a bad thing? Like, if you're in a locker room after a game, like, mm. how do you how do you feel post tie? So, <clears throat> I think you kind of said it best at the beginning of this breakdown. I think this these two teams specifically, the tie kind of sucks because we wanted to see this, these two teams how this would impact the playoff race. It's like a heated NFC East rivalry. Both these teams have great records. The tie in this case definitely feels underwhelming. And also, I'm sure you feel similarly like as a classic competitor, you, like a tie, you'd almost rather just feel anything than nothing with a tie. The only yep. time I'm like, it's kind of funny and hilarious is when it's like Jaguars, Texans. Like that always makes me chuckle. Like the Texans literally do have a tie this year. They're like one, eight and one or one, nine and one, whatever their shitty record is. That always makes me chuckle because it's just like the Texans. Like when it's a shitty team then I, okay I'm like okay that's fine yeah when it's like two teams in the playoff race and they're trying to win and now now we have to deal with these fucking playoff seating and records where we have to incorporate the time like are you gonna make me do more math right now really like you're now instead of being like a game up you're half a game up i'm like I don't right do it that. just throws a loop into everything yeah. so we're not math guys i mean at least i'm not a math guy so it's like doing more math 
Bad. Bad. No, no more math. Yeah. Um, Kurt, you know what else is bad? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what it is. I do. Know it. Kurt, uh, you know, one could say it would be bad to be the guy responsible for trading away a star wide receiver in the offseason, only to end up playing the team you traded him to in the following season, and he leads his new team to a 25-point win over your team. Kurt, I would say that's pretty bad. That's just not a good a good look. No, and Kurt, what's worse than that, which is already bad, being that guy, doing getting that loss, and then getting your ass fucking fired a day later. Yeah. So Kurt, in uh, in case you you know, in case people uh, spoiler alert here, we're talking Eagles Titans, and we're talking GM for the Titans or former GM uh. for the Titans, John Robinson, because uh, he fucked around and found out. Yeah. It's like that graph. The <laughs> yeah. more the more yeah. you fuck around, the more you find, find out. out. It's uh, crazy though, because yeah. he's the Titans have made the playoffs like five years in a row. I know. And, Gone. and they're up. they're literally like they lost this game and are potentially more secure in the division yeah. than they were last week. So they're not Dunzo McTunzo. He he's is Dunzo McTunzo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone who's not Dunzo McTunzo <laughs> is AJ Brown. Because let's just be clear here, AJ Brown is the receiver who we're talking about. He's been good all year. This game, you know, it wasn't a shock. It wasn't a surprise. He's been balling out this year. This game, he had eight catches, 119 yards, and two touchdowns. He was like, and clearly, like you could see during the game, he was celebrating. He was pumped. You know, this was personal. And like again, I don't blame him because the Titans basically were like, we don't think you're an elite wide receiver. We don't want to pay you, so someone else can. Like, that obviously sucks. But he gave the Eagles, got his money, and he's doing big things. Jalen Hurts also doing big things. He had 380 yards passing and three touchdowns. And again, final score 35 to 10 was not even close in this game. Um, the Eagles are 11 and 1. Um, and Kurt, I have, you know, hand up, I have been saying recently that some of the Eagles' recent wins haven't been very convincing. This one certainly was. As much as we clown on the Titans, you always have to respect a Mike Vrabel coach team. They are have a winning record. They are leading their division. They have Derrick Henry. So it's like, again, they're not like a horrible team. And the fact that the Eagles just came out and absolutely dominated them, very impressive. Not only was their offense on fire in general, um, Devonta Smith also had 100 yards receiving. Miles Sanders was scoring in the mix. But also their defense, Derrick Henry, Henry, 30 yards rushing, which I know he's been in a slump recently, but still, that's a shocking number to see for Derrick Henry. Yep. And they defense sacked Ryan Tannehill six times. So, Kurt, the Eagles are 11 and 1. Um, you know, I was, when I said 11 and 1, my brain got a flashback to uh, some power rankings of recent 11 and 1 teams. The only other one I remembered was the Steelers, who were 11 and 1 the, yep. the other year. Kurt, I think in these power rankings, it's Eagles at number one in the power rankings, a mountainous pile of shit, John Robinson more shit and then the Steelers at number two yeah I like, I like that <laughs> so, I like that that's comfortable yep so again like we just said even though you know we're clowning on the Texans uh, the Titans we will clown on the Texans later even though the Titans are you know they lost they are still in firm control of their division so we will you know obviously they're still gonna make the playoffs we're just gonna have to see how they do without a receiver who's pretty fucking good in the playoffs you clown on John Robinson and the Titans mm. I'm about to clown on the Ravens and the Broncos clown on them Bruno and arguably <laughs> and you probably wouldn't have to argue that hard. Yeah. <laughs> One of the worst games you might ever see, ever so long time, in the NFL. Yeah. The Tyler Huntley-led Baltimore Ravens <laughs> had to go 91 yards in 16 plays on its final possession, which was capped on a two-yard touchdown run by Huntley with 28 seconds to go that gave the Ravens a 10-9 win over the Broncos on Sunday. A 10-9 <laughs> victory over the let's ride let's Denver ride. Broncos Bruno I really don't I don't even want to read the recap <laughs> you don't have to I'm not making it I almost put for the recap Ravens 10 Broncos 9 <laughs> final yeah, like that I, was almost all I needed pretty much but oh, fuck, I'll just do it anyway so Bruno they're down 9 to 3 okay yep. Ravens down 9 to 3 
backup quarterback Tyler Huntley comes in. All he needed was one great drive. It will, the man's the man's came through. Because mm-hmm. thank God he did. I would have clowned on this team so hard if they lost to the Broncos. They're obviously the Ravens are a team that is going to be there down the stretch. They're probably going to be a playoff team, um, but they just <laughs> they looked so uninspired this week. So yep. Huntley, Huntley at least stayed ready. What's the phrase? Stay ready so you don't got to get ready. Facts. He was ready. Uh, so he comes out and was able to win the game at the end of regulation. That is a trend uh, that he kind of flipped the script on because the late game angst that has kind of kept the Ravens from being one of these top two-ish yep. uh, teams in the AFC, they just kind of piss away games late. Ultimately, they steal this one. Um, and, you know, what's impressive is why Huntley was playing as Lamar got hurt. Yeah. Now, I don't know exactly what the injury is. My leg? Something was leg? Yeah, something lower body. Um and John Harbaugh has kind of come out and said that he's week to week, but he's yet to practice this week. So it looks like he is probably not going to play against the Steelers, or at least it's in some serious doubt. Um, so if you're the Ravens, obviously that is something. They were in a position last year, very similar to the one they're in now, where they had a pretty solid regular season up to this point, and they crashed and they burned following a Lamar injury late in the year, and they lost their last five games. It is like a exact replica of last year mm. um, so hopefully Lamar's not out for good because that would just spell doom and gloom for, for the Ravens but uh, at least that would spell it for them the Broncos just are <laughs> doom and gloom they they freaking suck and that is literally all I have to say about them Nathaniel Hackett should be fired immediately following the, the season finale um, I don't know who they play doesn't matter but he should have been gone eight weeks ago, so he should be gone for for real. Yep. And then I don't know what they're going to do about Russell Wilson because he looks awful. Not only is he horrible, but like the team basically hates him, and the wide the offense is sick of him, and he has no respect from anyone. And yeah, it is a disaster. Uh, so this is a disaster. This is a disaster. Uh, speaking of was disasters, that Esteban from? Yeah. Right. I don't know the full name, but yes. Montoya Montoya Lopez. I don't know. I fucking nailed that one. No, actually. I have no idea. Um, Kurt, Ricardo speak- Montoya. I will look oh, it up now. Okay, yeah, it's starting to come to me. when you get it. Yep. Um, Kurt, speaking of disasters, Browns, Texans. Uh, Kurt, obviously, uh, normally we wouldn't give two fucks or one fuck about a Browns, Texans game. However, this was very anticipated. Deshaun Watson, uh, noted scumbag, suspended 11 games by the NFL. Uh, Roger Goodell, coincidentally, just, you know, could have been 10 games. It could have been an even number. Nope, he chose 11. Why 11? Because his first game back uh, was against the Texans, his former team. NFL's rigged. NFL's rigged. So, again, this had been talked about forever. We, we noted this at the start of the season, and then people kind of forgot. And then this was his return. Kurt, before the game, this... The story was 100% about Deshaun Watson. And then during and after the game, it's 100% not about him at all. <laughs> no. Because the Browns win 27-14. to 14, But, Kurt, let me break down the the Browns' 27 points, right? You know, a team scores 27 points. You're like, okay, the offense must have done something, right? Right? No. No. Wrong. <laughs> because their points came on a punt return touchdown. Um, electric Donovan Peoples-Jones. Shout out. Who's the announcer? Who is the Big Ten guy who always like screamed? Gus Johnson. Yeah. I'm like getting flashbacks to like him at Michigan. Donovan Peoples-Jones. And Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like I feel yeah. like I've heard him scream. It's a that. good one. It's yeah. a good one. So punt return touchdown by him. They had a fumble return touchdown. I think Denzel Ward. They had a field goal. They had a pick six. And they had a field goal. So Kirk, not a whole lot of offensive points there. No. Um, I will say, uh, Sean looked horrific. You know, noted comeback. Looked horrific, uh, which in hindsight I guess isn't entirely surprising because 
He did play like one preseason game against the Jaguars this year, but he hasn't played like an actual meaningful regular season game in like two years. The Browns are also missing David Njoku, who is probably going to be a target monster for Deshaun once he's healthy. Uh, but even still, it's clear that there's going to be some growing pains, which is weird to say in like week 14. But like, you know, with Deshaun coming back, it's clear that he's going to need some time to get back to himself. So the Browns are like sneakily in the playoff hunt a little bit, but it's hard to take them seriously with Deshaun playing like that. Uh, I will say for the Texans, you know, considering uh, how pathetic of a season they've just had in general, um, you know, it's it's kind of sad to see that they, like, you know, couldn't even be close to winning this game. Like, this, you could have argued that if they won this game, their season was a success. Yep. They're so bad that you could have been yep. like, this was their Super Bowl. If they had won, they would have had a successful season. They did not. Um, and so, Kurt, this was a game to forget. Yeah, it was forgettable. Uh, I actively enjoyed seeing uh, the noted notable scumbags suffer yep. in this game um he i wish him no luck mm -hmm. i don't wish injury or anything but i wish him zero luck um and like you said like he is just it was an atrociously bad game for yep. him but again this is his first game in almost 700 days so like yep. i can see why you might be a, a wee bit rusty a wee. bruno i found the name okay so we need it uh god i clipped a lot of taps okay Esteban Julio Ricardo Montoya de la Rosa Ramirez. That sounds so right. Yep. I love it. <laughs> there, that is, that is it. Um, I was like kind of there. I said something. You, I de think Rosa. you had all of the names, even if it was all just jumbled. Yeah. I didn't have Ramirez. I didn't know Ramirez was in there. Um, Manny, Manny, oh, Manny being Manny, dude. Uh, DK being DK in this hey. next game, Bruno. A wild ending in Los Angeles kept the playoff hopes alive and well for Seattle when the boy DK Metcalf caught an eight-yard touchdown pass from Geno Smith with 36 seconds to play completing the Seahawks late rally for a 27-23 win over a Rams team, Bruno, that is spiraling probably worse than you were when you were bred or alive. Because they, they, they are not bred. They are alive. They're the Rams. They, well, they're, yeah, they're just the Rams. <laughs> they're ramming. Um, it's a little bit interesting, too. Like, you know, Bobby Wagner made the switch from the Seahawks to the Rams because he wanted a chance to win. <laughs> well, geez. well, Bobby, um... <laughs> You chose wrong because if you if you stayed in Seattle, you might have a shot. Yeah. Uh, with the Rams this year, you got close to no shot. People will forget Bruno, mm. and like when I say people, I mean me. I forgot this. This team <laughs> won a Super Bowl last year. It's stunning to say it, that out loud. And like the team is not much different. It is almost arguably better on paper. You add Allen Robinson, right? You add Bobby Wagner, right? And somehow. You suck. Yeah, you're fucking horrible. I think a uh, hot take, maybe not hot take. Sean McVay leaves at the end of the season. And he goes, does, he goes, and does TV. He has to be getting tired of this shit. Has to be. Uh, Bruno, the Rams have been horrendous all year. Seahawks, on the hand, much better than almost anyone gave yep. them credit for. I certainly didn't think they were even going to contend. They are, I think, uh, in first or second place. Them and the Niners are kind of going to win the uh, NFC West. But Geno Smith again. If there's one story from this NFL season that I think no one saw coming, it was Geno Smith. Mm -hmm. He passed for a career-high 367 yards through three more touchdown passes. Seahawks now 7-5, and five, snapped their two-game losing streak. Um, the offense as a, as a whole, 438 yards against a Rams defense that was missing Aaron Donald. But it almost wasn't enough when you kind of think about it because 438 yards and you had to win in the last second, like against a bad Rams team without Matt Stafford, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, the the Seahawks still have holes, I feel like, you know, right. I, I especially on the defensive side where they kind of have to figure some things out. Um, 
some news for mm. this spiraling Rams team. Mm. Um, they did just claim quarterback Baker Mayfield off of waivers, and it looks like they could start him in the absence of Matt Stafford, which is wild to me because I think Baker Mayfield is a very competitive person. Like I have no doubt about that, but I have questions because – I mean, in Carolina, you talk about the weapons he had, and he didn't have, like, any. So I see that. He definitely has more in Los Angeles. But Cooper Cup, he's out for the year. Yeah. Um, Allen Robinson is he's also out for the year. Out for the year. Yeah. So, like, your your weapons aren't much better than Carolina's. I just – I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know if it's – I I kind of fear for Baker, and it's not his choice. Again, he got picked up off waivers. But, like, if he's put in another bad situation, like, that could ruin your – like, your career is almost ruined. It could really be ruined if you suck even more now. Yeah, and let's also not overlook the fact that he got claimed like today, and the game is tomorrow. So yeah, he I, I don't, that yeah. is one of those things I don't understand. Like Kurt, you're a former quarterback. You don't have to be a former quarterback to understand that. Like again, you're when you join a team, you're learning a new offense. It takes people like an entire off season to do that. Yep. The, when they were like, he is potentially going to start in two days. I was like, how fucking bad are John Wolford and Bryce Perkins? Because I know they're not like you know top tier guys, but I was like, god damn, like they must be horrible if they're yep. if they're if we're like, hey, fucking learn the playbook on the flight to L.A. Yep. and then start. Like that's just hilarious. So I agree, it does suck. And again, like if he plays bad on Thursday, like. I, that's going to be hard to really blame him because, again, it's like he joined a new team. He doesn't even know people's names. He's talking to people he don't even know, doesn't even know their names. Yeah. And, like, if he looks bad, people are going to clown on him. But it's yep. like, dude, he, he got picked up two days ago. So yep. we will see. Uh, we will see about that one. Kurt, we're, not only is Baker all thrown off by learning a new offense in two days, I'm all thrown off because this next game is a Dolphins game. And I'm yeah. doing the recap. Feels weird, right? Huh? A <laughs> Dolphins recap led by a boy, Uh Kurt, I don't know what's going on, but uh, neither did the Dolphins this week. Because <laughs> the 49ers absolutely took it to them and won 33-17. Kurt, let's not skip over the biggest story, though, from this game. It wasn't exactly the win. It was the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo... I feel like this always happens to him. He's in the middle of having a great year. He kind of rebounded from Trey Lance starting over him. He took over the team. He, the 49ers have been playing really well. Broke his foot or something with his foot. Yep, and broke he, is, it. he is out moving forward. I will say, initially, the first reports were like he's done for the season. There have been newer reports that say seven to eight weeks. But I've seen a lot of talk today being like, you know, seven weeks and eight weeks out is like uh, a, a NFC Championship game territory and 10 weeks out is Super Bowl. So that is feels kind of yep. iffy timing at best. Uh, meanwhile, Kurt, literally, literally, Mr. Irrelevant. Like, I'm not, that's not me saying that's literally no. Mr. Yeah. Irrelevant. Last pick of the draft, Brock Purdy hell of a name comes in for quarterback for the Niners and he actually Kirk kind of looked okay he went 25 for 37 he had two D, two TDs and a pick uh and especially because again this game started with a 75 yard touchdown by the Dolphins on the first play of the game and then Jimmy Garoppolo b- broke his foot mm. pretty impressive that the uh the 49ers came back to win this game um this was kind of one of the first games this year where we've we saw the Tua of like previous seasons yeah he'd been pretty accurate this season so far but he looked inaccurate like all game this game I think he had like three interceptions on the whole year coming into this game and he had two this game alone the 49ers defense kind of pretty much just held them in check the whole game their 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 top two uh receivers didn't do much so again like if you are the dolphins you can kind of go with the excuse or the 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 thought here that the 49ers are a good team and they have a great defense and every team no matter how good you are has a clunker now and again right like that is something that you can say if the dolphins this week bounce back on sunday football and beat the chargers 
they, you know, they can be right back to feeling good. You know, they'll cement their position as an AFC contender. Like, things will be okay, right? Yep. Obviously, if this is a, a spiral, you know, we've been talking a lot of spirals today. We have. Obviously, if this is a spiral, that's that's tough. But, uh, you know, for the 49ers, this is kind of weird because, again, they their momentum has been building and building and building. And they are just a good football team, right? Like, that's pretty much what they are right now. But, Kurt, their playoff chances now are resting on Brock Purdy's shoulders. Oh, which... Again, that's an interesting NFC West race because it's it's between Brock Purdy and Geno Smith. And I know Geno Smith has been underappreciated. I agree with your take yeah. earlier, but I don't think we would have thought that like the no. the division race was going to be between those two guys. So, Kurt, I will end this recap with a question for you, right? Say Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, starts the rest of the season. He leads them all the way to the playoffs. Theoretically, he has to win a playoff game because, again, we said seven to eight weeks for Jimmy G is, is right around the NFC Championship game. So either the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl, either or, say Brock Purdy gets them all the way there and then Jimmy G is healthy. What, like, what do you do if Jimmy G is healthy for one of those, whichever of those games he could come back for? Well, I, as I talked about last week, this was my Super Bowl prediction as of a couple, like f- five weeks ago. Um, it no longer is. I think the Jimmy G injury is too big. Um, but let's play hypothetical. Yeah, I think, I think you, I think you put Jimmy in. I think you start Jimmy, and if he's not good, you go back to Brock. But like, I just go back to the 49ers record with Jimmy G yeah. playing quarterback, and like, there's a proven track record that Kyle Shanahan can win games with Jimmy G. Yeah. And um, he has Super Bowl experience too. He, yeah, not a really good one, but he ha- he does yeah, have. Yeah, the, he has one. But he's been on the biggest stage. <laughs> yep. Um. Speaking of two quarterbacks who are very used to being on the biggest stage, mm-hmm. Bruno, who is your daddy, Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Who's, Who's your, your daddy? Give it to me, but it's Joe Burrow. <laughs> it is Joe Burrow with the Chiefs leading Joe Burrow's mm. uh, Bengals 24-20 early in the fourth quarter Sunday. Mahomes hooked up with, well, maybe not hooked up with. Might have, that might have been his, his younger brother, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do know what uh, saying. With uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, who uh, rumbled his way for a big game, but big old butt. Big old butt. Bengals linebackers <laughs> wrestling Kelsey. It's one of those situations where it's like Kelsey was fighting for extra yards, yeah. which is great, but he had a crop of like nine fucking guys around him. And naturally, one of the linebackers for the Bengals was able to wrestle the ball away from Kelsey before any of his body parts on the ground. They forced the ball free and recovered, recovered the ensuing fumble. Mm-hmm. So then you get the ball back to ball back to Joe Burrow, and then it, the game was the game was essentially over. over. Um, he completed six to seven passes on this drive, uh, 53-yard drive that finished with a go-ahead eight-yard touchdown to backup running back Chris Evans. Bruno, the Bengals defeated uh, defense, held Kansas City scoreless from that point on, and uh, moved Joe Burrow to now 4-0 after beating the Chiefs 27-24. It's just Burrow has a Mahomes number at the moment. Um, And what's interesting here, too, is, well, there's a couple interesting things. Number one, late in the game, the Bengals were, I think it was like, you know, a minute 50 on the clock or whatever, just after the two-minute warning, they were faced with a third and 11. And the Bengal, most teams in that scenario, you run the football, you keep the clock running. You don't make, you make, you know, I think the, the Chiefs had no more timeouts. Um, so you, you run the clock down, whatever. Not the Bengals, because you don't want to, because if you risk an incompletion here and you get Patrick Mahomes' time, you you might lose. Um, but as sure as shit, Joe Burrow, third and 11, completes a pass to, I think it was T. Higgins, who, which was my, my second point of this, mm. A lot, of, a lot of chatter leading up to this game. A lot of uh, mm. Kansas City defensive backs saying that 
they were going to quote lock him up. Who, and, who is that? Yeah, remember they're saying, oh yeah, like, oh, who who's is, that guy? Who, 85, yeah. uh, whoever that is. Yeah, yeah, well, he also found the end zone in this game. So, yeah. and then Jamar Chase got a personal foul for uh, <laughs> like blowing kisses. <laughs> in the, it was just an electric game, Bruno. And all I all I have to say about this is, I hope. I mean, the Patriots aren't going anywhere this year. I hope this is the AFC Championship game once again this year, and I hope the Bengals win it again. Dude, I fucking love that no matter what the fucking Chiefs do over these last couple years or however many years it's been, they just can't beat the Bengals. I fucking love it. It It makes me so happy. It also is so funny to me. On the radio the other day, um, I, like, was listening to a game on XM, and then the next morning I got in the car, like, XM was still on, and they were talking about the Chiefs dynasty, the Chiefs dynasty. They have won one Super Bowl. It's crazy. It's like, I know Andy Reid's a great coach. I know Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. They don't win Super Bowls. Yeah. They are not a dynasty. Yeah. Pisses me off. Kurt, here's a little fun fact for you. Uh, If a dynasty was a team winning one Super Bowl, then every year we'd have a new dynasty. That's just how that that logic would play out. Facts. (laughs) Facts. So certainly not a dynasty, uh, and we we do love to see that. Kurt, one thing I'm not sure if we love to see is the Las Vegas Raiders (laughs) on a little three-game winning streak, Kurt, as uh, they beat the reeling Chargers 27-20. to Kurt. This actually helped us. Okay, well. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I was just no, but you're right. But like, you're right. I didn't love to see it. I don't. Yeah, it, I don't know what I want because you're right. Both yeah. these teams are close to this and saying so. No matter what, it's almost a little. Also, it was a tie. Maybe it was a loser. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been electric. Uh, the Raiders or who? The, who was it last year that should have tied? The Raiders or no? They won the playoffs. The goddamn. Co- oh no! This was this. It was this, this game. Matchup? Yep. It was this game. Should have learned from last year. Um, Kurt. All of a sudden, the Raiders are kind of looking like what they we thought they might be looking like at some point this year, heading into the season because. Their best guys are absolutely shining. Uh, yeah. Devontae Adams, he's had some up and down moments this year, but as of recently, it has been all the way up because he, uh, I think I said earlier, A.J. Brown was balling out. He basically was like doubled A.J. Brown's yardage almost and also had eight catches and two touchdowns. He finished with 177. Josh Jacobs, who mm-hmm. people forget, the Raiders declined the fifth-year option for him, ran for 144 yards in a score, and Kurt, he now has over 1,300 rushing yards in the season. And the Raiders' defense pressured your boy, Justin Herbert, the pervert eating Sherbert, all night, Kurt, and he never got comfortable. So, again, Raiders win 27-20. They're on a three-game winning streak. Kurt, if you are the Chargers, you are finding yourself, I feel like, right in the middle of what happens every fucking year for the Chargers. Yep. They come in with so much hype. No one is denying that Justin Herbert, like, he's good, right? I think we can all agree that he's good. But, again, it's been this way the last, like, three or four years. And it even was with Phil Rivers. They always have the talent. They always get way too many injuries and have some bad losses. And then when the moment is brightest or gets biggest or whatever you want to say, they just have unfortunate losses that derail their hopes of making a deep playoff run or, Kurt, maybe more accurately, a playoff run at all. So that's tough for the Chargers. If you're the Raiders, I mean, Kurt, the Raiders are 5-7 and now. Again, Patriots are 6-6. and I feel like we've said too many times these teams are only one game back from the Patriots. Uh, The Raiders are only two games out of the playoffs with their next three games, Kurt, being the Rams, who we just said might be starting Baker on literally two days after being on the team, the Patriots, Mm -hmm. dot, 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 Mm -hmm. uh, and the Steelers, who, again, are kind of in a similar boat of winning some games. They're kind of bad. So we could be in the middle of a six-game potentially winning streak for the Raiders that would vault them all the way into the playoff picture with some momentum. And then they'd play the 49ers and Chiefs the last two games with some confidence. So, Kurt, I will say my the biggest thing I have coming out of this game, we are playing the Raiders, as I said, in two weeks. 
whoever loses that game, they're that out. might be the nail in they're the coffin out. for their playoffs. They're out. Yep. So that it, I I would you know how we were trying to pencil in some wins for the Patriots. I would like to erase that this pencil the circle. You know when you yep. do a scantron yep. and you penciled it in. I think we're erasing this one because yep. I don't think we can pencil this in as a win anymore. No, we can't pencil it in as a win anymore. The pa- here's the here's the ugly truth. You can't pencil. Any games yeah. in for a win for the Unless Patriots. Unless it's the Jets. Unless it's the Jets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they can be, they can be the best team in the league. We'll yeah. still, we, we'll yeah. still beat them. But, but every other team. Yeah, it's getting really, really annoying, Bruno. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some Sunday night football here, Bruno. Up twenty-one nineteen, heading into the fourth quarter. Oh, that must have been a close finish, right, Kurt? Are you? Yeah, twenty-one nineteen, competitive game, yeah. back and forth. Cowboys, Colts, really good game. You thought? You thought, you thought it was a good game, <laughs> Bruno? Dallas safety Malik Hooker had no idea. When he was running with a fumble return for a touchdown early in the fourth quarter against his former team, that that 38-yard touchdown was about to be part of a 33-point <laughs> fourth quarter that turned a close game into the Cowboys' 54-19 route of the Colts on Sunday night. Bruno, Matty Ice needs to go sit to sit be in some ice. ice. Be, yeah, put him on ice. Thank you. I didn't know where I was going with that. Thank you for picking that up. Uh, he threw his uh, second and third interceptions and lost a fumble during the nightmare finish uh, for the Colts, who fell to one and three now under interim head coach uh, Jeff Saturday and lost their six time lost for their sixth time in seven games. Uh, Matt Ryan now has 18 giveaways this season, 13 interceptions, five lost fumbles. That leads the NFL by over three. Uh, the second place guy is Josh Allen, which is interesting. Um, what I do want to say about this is yep. Matt Ryan did miss three games because he was benched, and he still nice. leads the league by three. <laughs> That's not so, good. So <laughs> uh, ball security is job security, yep. and he doesn't have either at the moment. No. So, Bruno, I, do, I don't really care whatsoever about the Colts. I'm intrigued by this Cowboys team. Yes, sir. With a wide-open NFC. Do you think they could do it? Do you think they could go on a run? Because, Bruno... I'm starting to think they can. And I texted my uncle out today, and he goes, "Don't give me hope." Well, if I Panamanian <laughs> pal, if I've learned anything, it's to trust what your uncle says. So we're gonna have to consult with him a little more. But Kurt, I will say again, when you think about the top teams in the NF in the NFC, right? You have the Eagles, who are a divisional opponent of the Cowboys. They know them very well. Again, you, you never know what's gonna happen in a divisional game. So I'm not here. Even though the Eagles look good, no one should be saying that's a guaranteed. They would guarantee win the Cowboys. Second team is the Vikings. I, again, it's hard to really be like, yeah, the Vikings for sure beat the Cowboys. And then after that, it's like I don't even know who else you're saying is really like up there for the NFC. So absolutely, I think the Cowboys could definitely make a run. Uh, I you know I guess we're just gonna have to see how their offense continues to look because again, like you know, scoring 54 points against the Colts. Obviously great. 34 points in the fourth quarter. Obviously great. Can they continue to do that against actual playoff teams? We shall see, Kurt. Um, we shall. Kurt, Bruno. speaking of actual playoff teams, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might actually be a playoff team this year because yeah. of one reason, Kurt. And that reason is Tom Brady didn't hear no bell. Uh, Kurt, he heard no bell. No bell. No fat lady was singing yet. Yep. He did not hear you call for him to retire. The, uh, though possibly, Kurt, he's heard some calls for him to potentially return to New England now, next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. maybe we'll get to that. But no, he no, 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 no. We can't. Yeah, we can't. He's, he, he's maybe heard those. But for now, Kurt, until we get to that point, for now, he continues to do TV 12 goat things as the Bucks beat the Saints 17 to 16. 
technically, I will say this wasn't really a TB12 thing because he, ever since he's been on the Bucks, it's been very hard for him to beat the Saints. Yeah. Uh, and he even said after the game, his daughter like texted him and was like, "Daddy, it's gonna be hard for you against the Saints." He's like, "No shit, daughter." Oh I no, the Saints, Daddy. I know, it's like, oh no, fucking shit. Great analysis, but yeah, I, we could fucking Thanks, make that Thanks, Vivi. Thanks, I didn't know that. Um, you know, and again, for most of this game card, it's 17 to 16. Be like, oh, close game. The Bucks are playing the shittiest type of football that we've basically seen from them every single game they've played this year. They were playing Broncos football. Yeah, it was. They were riding. Uh, for better or for worse. Uh, Kurt, the Saints were up 16-3 to with eight minutes left, or they went up 16-3. to And Kurt, along with most people, I almost just turned the game off. I was like, this is gross. This game is over. The Bucks have done literally nothing. This game is over. However, however, <laughs> TB12 went clutch mode, and the Bucks go on a 10-play, 91-yard drive, and they score three minutes left. And then an 11-play, 63-yard drive to score with three seconds left to win. Um, we do have to acknowledge a couple things. It is fair to also, as much as we can say TB12 is clutch, we have to say the Saints absolutely blew this game. Mark Ingram stepped out of bounds like prematurely. It was like a third or fourth down play. He could have gotten the first down. He just, for whatever reason, lost track of where he was, stepped out of bounds, didn't get the first down, stopped the clock. Then Andy Dalton throws a horrible pass that was incomplete, and that stopped the clock too. That allowed the ball to go back to the Bucks. There was also more chaos because Brady threw a dime of a touchdown pass to Chris Godwin. That would have been the game winner. It was a great pass. It was a great catch. It was like, holy shit, he's just done it again. Got called back for holding. You were like, oh fuck, like is that gonna? It's kind of like what we talked about earlier, where like if you hit a field goal, then they call time, you have to hit it again. I was like, damn, is he gonna be able to do it again? He did do it again. Something about Brady and tossing game-winning historic comeback touchdown passes to running backs with the last name white something about uh brady and doing that it sounds familiar this time it was to rashad white and funny enough the only other time he's come back from 13 down or more in the fourth quarter was the falcons game so i love that they said that every time they say that i'm like fuck yeah i was there i was there for that um so again all the chaos of this game he comes up clutch when he needed to inspired his teammates all of his teammates after the game were just like this is fucking brady like this is what we expect he's the fucking go which i do kind of like when they all say that it makes me feel good yep uh and so the bucks scratch and claw their way up to six and six which again not the greatest of records but also the patriots record which is kind of funny we have to stop uh, saying that i know i know we do have to stop saying that uh which puts them 1.5 games up on the free-falling falcons in the nfc south so kurt even if the bucks win the division and make the playoffs there's no guarantees they'll even win a playoff game but there is something to be said about how like the bucks have this belief that no matter what the score is no matter what the time is you have brady and that's kind of all you need to get a victory so you never know no he still does goat things i was with abby watching the game and like with four minutes to go i was like he's gonna do it yeah. like it just it was the quintessential uh we've sucked all game but i'm tom brady flipping the switch and i'm going to beat you yep um and he did and <laughs> That is that. That is that. Uh, Bruno, it is the point in the pod where we are going to flip uh, flip a switch, switch some gears. Flippity-flip. Flippity-flip-flop-flop and talk some Patriots. I don't really want to. I'm going to be very – I did tell you if we lost this game, uh, we I was making you do the podcast by yourself this week. Oh, my God. I forgot Shout about Shout out to that. me for doing it. Holy shit. I forgot about that. Shout out to me. <laughs> Shout okay? out to you. But, uh, Wait, I, I would have done it. I know you would have. I know you would have. Damn, I did say. You know what would be funny? If I, if I got all the way here, because as you can tell, we're back live. If I got all the way here, you just weren't here. And you were like, I set it up for you, champ. Have fun. It's done. Have fun. <laughs> you should have done that. This is a UConn basketball <laughs> podcast. I would have had nothing but respect for you if you had done that. Uh, but yes, UConn basketball. Shout out. Um, all right. Let's, let's just, let's do, just it. do it. Bruno, uh, 
Patriots lose 24-10 at home, prime time, Bills. Yep. I have a overarching question for you I'm that ready. really has nothing to do with well, – I guess it does. But here's, here's where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. How come against the likes of the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions, the Buffalo Bills – at times, look incompetent, and like that they look beatable. And then in this case of the Jets, they did beat them, and the Lions should have beat them. But then when they play the Patriots, it's like fucking Joe Montana and Randy Moss and um, who else? Uh, Ronnie Lott and all these elite NFL players are playing for the Bills. I don't understand why when they play the Patriots. They are able to just flip that switch. Is it because it's the Patriots and they've been beaten down by them for so long, or is it are we just a terrible matchup for them? Like, or are they a terrible matchup for us? Rather, like, where do you make it make sense in my head? Because I can't. So honestly, Kurt, it when you when you lay lay all when you lay it all out like that, it doesn't really make sense because you're absolutely right. The story of the Bills season has been they started like absolute world beaters. They were like 4-0 or 5-0 or something ridiculous like that. They couldn't be stopped. And then they ran into their speed bumps for the season, and they got some losses. They lost that Vikings game. They had a couple tough games here and there, and we were like, okay, Josh Allen a little banged up and whatever. And, Kurt, even though the score was only 24-10, to at no point did I ever really feel like the Bills, once you know, once they actually scored, were ever really in doubt of losing this game. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the confidence that comes with potentially, you know, some playoff game that we can forget about that may have happened last year between two teams that wasn't exactly close. Not Maybe, talking about it. You know, nope, not talking about it. Maybe it's the confidence from that. Maybe it's just the fact that it is a matchup thing. But like, you know, for whatever reason, Kurt, you hit it spot on. You hit it uh, the nail on the head here. It's just one of those things where they just came in and absolutely dominated us and it was just it, the feeling of helplessness just sucks it, you know in this game the Patriots went up 7-3 and I was like okay like we're gonna be alright tonight and then we weren't alright <laughs> Bruno I don't know where I want to start I think I think I want to start on offense okay alright um, here's where I'll say I am with this okay it is inexcusable for the Patriots offense to be worse than it was last year. It is indefensible that they are worse than Cam Newton's 2020 year. Like that, this, it is time to admit, if you're Bill Belichick, this was a failed experiment. You put your two buddies in charge of an offense and it has blown up on your face, in your face. Now, Bill, in every goddamn press conference, and I would know because I'm a fucking loser, <laughs> and I watch fucking all of them, all right, it makes – he's always like, well, and in the end, it's 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 my responsibility as head coach. Like, I'm in, I'm responsible for it. Fine. Then own it. Stop trying to, def- trying to defend it because they're your friends. They are unqualified for doing what they're doing. Um, and it's gotten to a point now where I feel – and this could be a little drastic – but I feel like you risk losing the locker room if you don't make um, – Matt Patricia is going to be the offensive play caller, whatever they're going to call him, uh, for the rest of the year. That's for sure. You're going to lose free agents. You're going to lose – you know, lose out on some big-ticket items potentially if you keep 
Matt Patricia and Joe Judge where they are. It's pissed off Mac Jones. Mac Jones made a Pro Bowl last year. I know he snuck in. I know he snuck into the Pro Bowl. It doesn't change the fact that he had one of the best rookie seasons a quarterback has ever had. And now you have you you know you have us the same supporting cast around him that he kind of gelled with last year. He had both tight end Hunter Henry was like leading the NFL in tight ends for touchdowns, and uh, then you go out and you spend a second round pick on a wide receiver, and you spend a first round pick on a guard to to block Mac Jones, and this is where you are. You're six and six through thirteen weeks, including your bye, and you are going to have to scratch claw and need a whole bo- whole lot of help just to get in the playoffs. I just can't fathom that a Cam Newton-led offense with Ryan Izzo at tight end and Demir Bird at wide receiver was a better offense than this. Yeah, and Kurt, I, I think as you stated already, that shows the importance and highlights the, the difference between those two teams, Kurt, because people forget our offensive coordinator back with Cam Newton was Josh McDaniels, a competent at least offensive coordinator the jury's out on head coach but at least competent offensive coordinator right because he you know for all these years and he's been great and then he was able to maximize what we had maybe for that team it is clear as you said nothing is being maximized nothing's even being eyes we're just getting minimized here because yeah. week after week we just consider continue to see like putrid play calling not even get anything done kurt our fucking touchdown this game was marcus jones first fucking offensive play of the season it was probably just like one of those things that was just so random. The Bills were like, huh? Like, what is this? And then that you just like randomly scored. He if is you, fast, though. He is fast. Uh, undeniably fast. But like you take out that random almost like fluke. I don't want to say fluke because, again, he earned his touchdown. But it's like you take out that random play and it's like we did nothing. We got a field goal. That ball is game. the only touchdown we scored. He went to a defensive player. Yeah. So oh, it's so bad. I, I agree. And, Kurt, I think you make some great points. Uh, what if we want anything to change with this offense heading into next year right whether it's free agents whether it's people being happy on our team whether it's just even the development of mac jones because again like you said you don't want to take this drastic of a step back in year two of being an nfl quarterback we're gonna have to do something so whether that's josh mcdaniels even though that's looking less likely with the raiders playing well whether that's bill o'brien yeah that's where i was going with that whether whether it's just simply not matt patricia and joe judge kurt whether even if it's just that we need to do something because again it i like, even if the we all, at the beginning of the season, were like, what? It's Joe Judge and Matt Patricia? We were all like, okay, maybe you can try it. At this point, it's been 12 games. We've tried it, and it yeah. does not look like it's worked out. Yeah, all. I don't care if it's Bill O'Brien. I don't care if it's Frank Reich. I don't, like, I don't care. It's just someone who is qualified yes. to call plays, and it's not Matt Patricia. Like, again, I have no doubt Matt Patricia knows football. It is different being a play caller yes. and being in that rhythm and be like, I can't imagine how hard it is. I'm not, I don't wish that a job on anybody. You have to be experienced in that. And you know, I, Matt Patricia is not, and it's, it's incredibly, incredibly relevant. Um, here's a couple stats I saw, Bruno, okay. I screenshot this was from the Boston Globe this week. All right. Um, your offense ranks 23rd in points. Mm. How you are even that high? 27th on third down mm. and they are 31st in the red zone yikes 31st is fucking sad you you can't finish is it the broncos who are 32 yes <laughs> let's it's ride the and the jets are 30th so i told you what are they all in the column they can't finish let's ride uh you have the here's something that i had to i had to i thought the boston globe was lying because i Double was like take. yeah i was like this is not true okay they have the worst penalty differential in the nfl they are 
minus 23 penalties for minus 282 yards. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, that's Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, where's he at? Yeah. Also. Um, a quarterback that clearly is not clicking with his receivers nope. and is declining, not improving in his second year. Again, not Mac Jones's fault, I believe. And you see now Kendrick Bourne's comments after the game talking about how they don't know what they're doing schematically. <laughs> I mean, if he, if he ever plays again, I'll be shocked for the Patriots um, because you don't say that in Bill Belichick's house. And then, <laughs> True. Yeah. And then Mac Jones visibly, yes. visibly screaming. During prime time, um, and there was some. What what did he actually say? It basically was like, like what the fuck? The short, the quick game sucks. Like throw the fucking ball, and he's right. What pisses me off more than anything is like on a third and eleven. Third and eleven is not an ideal spot to be. Don't get me wrong. You don't want to be in that Unless spot. Unless you're Joe Burrow against the Chiefs. Unless you're Joe Burrow, but third and eleven in today's NFL is like very attainable. Like yes. it happens. Yes. You're not. It's not third and thirty. No. It's third and eleven. Yes. It's like a first down. The Patriots, time and time again, will throw either a screen, they'll do a stupid fucking draw, or they'll throw like five yards short of the stick. <laughs> Dude, it's third and eleven. And again, I don't think that's Mac Jones because if you look at the rest of the the routes, they're all running short of the sticks. I'm right. like, so we're just gonna what, we're gonna catch a pass and just pray we break all these tackles. Yeah. Yak? Yeah, well, they're not yakking very much this year. Um, we're, we're yakking. Well, I, yeah, seriously, it's all I want to do. Um, but it's, it's. I think it's just we've we've come to this harsh reality that, like, the Patriots at the moment, like, if, if you're the Cardinals this week and you see the Patriots coming to town, you're probably feeling good. <laughs> like, the Cardinals need a win. The Patriots need a win. The Patriots on paper, Bruno, they don't match up super well with the Cardinals. What do the Cardinals have? A mobile quarterback. Very fast. How do the Patriots do with mobile quarterbacks? Not good. Not good. <laughs> How do the Patriots do defending number one wide receivers? Well, if we ask Justin Jefferson or Swan Diggs, not very good. <laughs> Who's theirs? Who's the Cardinals? Oh, <laughs> Who Bill Belichick says is one of the best three receivers he's ever seen in his lifetime. In his lifetime. <laughs> That spells disaster for oh, the Patriots. And Kurt, let's not forget that after the Cardinals, we get Devontae Adams at the Raiders. And then we get Stephon Diggs again, and then we get Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Shit. Oh, my I'm God. Right. And then we get Jamar Chase. Oh, lovely. Fucking fuck us. We're going to be six and fucking 11. <laughs> oh, God. Can we at least be seven? Oh, no, we can't. No. Fuck. No. This is it. Damn it. Oh, my God. I'm, yeah, that's beginning, I'm Seasonal depression's yeah. kicking in. Patriots depression's kicking <sighs> in. We've been so spoiled. I was just talking about how excited I, I was to be in the hunt. I know. It is crazy. Like, if you stop and listen to some of the things we're saying, it's like, oh, we have some winnable games coming up. We just have to win. We have to get to, like, eight or nine wins. Like, that is fucking sad behavior. It is a sad state of affairs seeing how far the Patriots have gone. Speaking of sad state of affairs, Bruno, the NFL flexed the Patriots and Raiders out of primetime. Now, with that being said, Good. with that being said, the Patriots are zero and five in their last prime five primetime Thank games. Thank God, yeah. We're so not, thank God we're not in. Prime yeah. Time anymore. So yeah. if you if you go back to it, I think it was the Colts game last year coming off the bye that they that they beat us and Matt Ryan threw. I mean Carson Wentz threw for like thirty seven yards and we lost Don't that one. That. that one, the Bills playoff game, uh, and then this year uh, the Bears game, the Vikings on Thanksgiving, the Vikings on Thanksgiving, and this one, gross. And then we have a, what's what's Monday Night Football? That's a primetime game, so naturally we're going to lose that one too. God damn it! Um, but here's here's what I'm saying: they got flexed okay. out, so they're not playing at eight fifteen. They're playing at four fifteen now. 
But the game they flexed in was Commanders-Giants. And again, we talked about it, a lot of playoff implications. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, the NFL would rather see Daniel Jones versus Taylor Heineke over Bill Belichick versus Josh McDaniels in primetime. Bruno, Shit. the state of affairs, <laughs> not well at the moment. You could say sad. Oh, my God. I don't even really want to talk about the game because – it's the same shit we just have talked about over and over again. And Kurt, as someone, again, you and I were talking before we started recording, but as someone who was at the game, I don't even feel like there's really much to say. I can pretty much sum it up for you if we want to just do the quick summary here. When we had the ball outside of the Marcus Jones touchdown, we just could not do literally anything. Like, we could not finish plays. We were dumbass play calls. There was that ridiculous Mac Jones, like, scramble. He ran, like, 50 yards. 66 yards. Yeah, something absurd, and then threw a horrible pass and didn't even get completed, and that was just fucking sad. The Bills only scored 24 points, but Kurt, as someone who was there, they it felt like when they wanted to move the ball, they just did whatever the fuck they want. They were just, like, able to move it. Again, we, we made them punt this time, which is nice of us. Right. But, like, they... They were still electric on third down. I'm, right. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Was, it was depressing. We and can't come. We're, we're terrible on third down. Yeah. Their third downs, they were 9 of 15. We were 3 of 12. There's the game, folks. Yeah. And it was just so depressing watching us, like, literally unable to do a single fucking goddamn thing. And there was a doinked field goal. I had the perfect angle from to doink 48 field goal. yards. It was so Ugh. hurt. My angle, I had the, sh- I had very high up seats, so your boy doesn't have a great time seeing. But I was able to so clearly see the ball land right on the top of the doink and doink out. So that was depressing too. And we just, it was like we weren't even trying. It was, it was just bad. I, Kurt, there's nothing to say. What, what new things are we going to even say no, about this game? There's the nothing, same old shit. There's nothing to say. I don't same even. Shit, different day. I don't want to talk about their future games. They have put me in a position where I just don't really want to talk about them. <laughs> and like. It's so frustrating. Like, I don't – again, it goes to my point where the Patriots have, like, the second or third most cap space in the NFL going to next year. Right. You have a chance to kind of reload your roster. Right. Who wants to come play for this team? As currently coached? Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> like, Bill Belichick, I have no doubt, is the best coach of all time. I'm happy he's our coach. But in the same breath – I, I tread lightly with this. I'm not saying I, I want him gone. I don't want him gone. I'm just saying I think the game has kind of passed him by a little bit. Like, I think Bill Belichick is just a very stubborn human being. It doesn't take much to, to think that way. And I feel like he is so stubborn. He's like, well, this is how you win football games. I've done it better than anyone, which is true. He, he can say that. But it's gotten to a point now where it's like, dude, like, it's just so not aggressive. It's it's so timid almost. It's like it's not it's not good football. And even some of the hallmarks of Bill Belichick teams this year are also atrocious. You just said the penalty difference worse than the NFL. Kurt, we're usually like in whatever the annual special teams ratings are, we're generally we're generally like one of the best rated teams for penalties. Also, special teams, our special teams haven't been as good. The punting all year has been up and down. Nick you know, Folk's gotten cold. He's gotten a little cold. Yeah. So it's like even those things that typically with Belichick coach teams are usually like the strong points, we're not even doing those well. So if we're not doing those things well, and then we're not even getting started on the fundamentals of offense or defense, it's tough, Kurt. It's it's honestly tough. It's just not a good look. It's super annoying. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have much else to say about this game or the rest of the year it's kind of like day by day we will see what happens if they make a run they make a run if not i i don't really care at this point i agree with that is it i don't know if we want to save this for another time we hinted at this earlier the tom brady stuff i i don't no, I, I kind of want to ask your opinion about yeah, that i don't know if that's where we're going next it is that is where we're going i was yeah. gonna ask you two questions one if the patriots like we'll get to tom in a second okay if the patriots really scuffle 
coming down the stretch here. Like I'm saying they win one more game oh, and God. they finish seven and ten. ten. Which is like entirely plausible. Yeah. Is there a world where Robert Kraft gets rid of Bill Belichick? Or has Bill Belichick earned the right over the last two decades to be like, I'm going out whenever I want. And keep in mind, he is 20 wins away from breaking Shula's record. Bill can say all he wants. He doesn't care about that. He is a historian of the game. He cares about that. Yeah, I think he's earned the right. And I also think as much as we are just saying with the whole, you know, some of the things we aren't usually doing as well, we're not doing well. He's being a little stubborn, making some questionable decisions. I don't think, you know, maybe if this was a position where we were like, okay, we're going to be bad for the foreseeable future. Maybe you say that we have a young QB who, yes, he hasn't been playing well, but certainly that can be salvaged. Not on a his reasonable fault. deal. Yep. We have all this cap space. There is a plausible and I could almost argue realistic path for us to get back to being competitive next year. It's literally change out the offensive coaching staff get some you know use the cap space wisely there is like that there is a path so if there was no path i'd say maybe it's like okay maybe we think about it not saying we do it maybe think about it with the path and it's only really i know it hasn't been good recently but like obviously this year has been worse than you know previous years yeah i think it's it's we're not at that point just yet here's my thing too um you know when when they struggled in 2020 bill went out and he was aggressive in a free agency which is nice to see which he doesn't do very often if they suck again does he go out and get aggressive again? I don't think the crafts are getting rid of him. I think Bill's. Yeah. I, I think Bill's earned yes. his keep around here. I think they're very frustrated with him. This is a failed experiment. And out before the season started, Robert Kraft's like, "I want to win playoff games." Homeboy might not even make it to the playoffs again. So we're now saying we want to win games, just games. Period. <laughs> so, not even playoff yeah. games. Playoffs. Well, again, like <laughs> you go back and there, there's a laundry list of things like. You lose to the Bears, yeah, and you the team who has three wins. You lose to the Vikings, so again, right. we're a good team, but a game that you had and you pissed away. Um, it's just like it's not. It is not good. No, um, and, and it's gotten to a point where again, they are going to need some help. They're going to need yep. the Jets to lose and the Chargers to lose because listen, they're not going higher than six. I mean, of than seven. If yep. they're in the playoffs, they're the seventh seed. Yeah, especially with the Bengals eating up. So well, and it's interesting too. I I ultimately think. The Bengals are going to win that division, and the Ravens are going to have to finish oh, in a wild card spot. That's fair too, because they have the same record, I believe, at the moment. Yeah. So um, I think that's how it will end up. I think the Bengals go as the winner of the AFC North, and the and the Ravens are a wild card. That actually could end up being better for us, because if say we lose to the Bengals, before we were assuming that would cost us like the six, but now if they are just going to win the division, if the Ravens just suck with Tyler Huntley. And they just say they lose a bunch of games. That could actually be better for us. But yeah. I am getting to the we the need of it. We need yeah. Lamar. We need, I hope yeah. Lamar's hurt. Like I hope uh, hurt hurt. It sucks. But like my fantasy be, team's done. I'm, I'm Lamar Jackson off. five. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson yeah. five is no more. Yeah. Uh, tell Lamar Jackson to take five. So. Yeah. I'll tell him to take five games. And just sit. <laughs> um, all right. So let, let's finish up real quick here yep. with the Tom Brady thing. Reports obviously the last couple of weeks, two weeks now. It's getting a little hotter too, and like Vegas is starting to look into it. Like the line is starting right. to move. There is this. Rumor out there that uh, distance has made the heart grow fonder, mm. apparently. And Bill has been incredibly complimentary of Tom, and Tom has yep. been incredibly complimentary of Bill, which is true. Like that is, doc- yep. it is doc- documented, documented. Yep. at this point. But is that one of those things where it's like, you know, they've kind of buried the hatchet because there was definitely a thing there at the end. Are they kind of over that? Do they just look back on their time and be like, wow, look what we did together? Or is there a real chance 
that the quarterback for the 2023 New England Patriots is Tom Brady. I That just felt naughty to say. <laughs> naughty. It did feel very naughty to say. <laughs> and what do you think? Like, is it real? I mean... The odds makers have it as his third most likely place to land. So when you say, is it real? I'm, are you asking me if it's going to happen? Or are you just saying, is there a realistic chance? Is there a there, realistic chance? I, I think there's a realistic chance. Because if we're going to be honest with... Uh, it's it's uh, Todd Bowles coaching for the Bucks, right? Clearly, that is a disaster of a situation. I, too. Yeah, I do think Thomas is having a coach that like knows what yeah. the fuck he's doing. Yeah, and again, like some of the stuff that's going on with the Bucks, like they're not playing as inspired. I'm sure he's getting at some point kind of sick of all his patch catchers like dropping every pass. You know, r- being there maybe reminds him of Giselle breaking his heart, and so he wants to mend another broken heartbreak. So uh, I could see it realistically maybe happening, as in there's a chance. I think the other part of this equation, Kurt, which I'm sure you're going to get to too, is even if there is a chance, like say Tom Brady wanted to, do we want to? Because what is that? What do we do? Like what happens to Mac Jones in this scenario? Are we just like he's the backup now? Are we saying like, hey, Mac, spend two years on the bench for Tom to sign, play two years, and then you can play? Like I don't know what that means for Mac Jones, and it's it's do we – do we sacrifice? I don't know if we can say Mac Jones for sure is the future, but theoretically, do we sacrifice the future for what, like two years more of Tom? Like I don't know. That's a thing. Uh, that's where that's where you lose me. Yeah. It's like I think Bill still respects the shit out of Tom, and I think Bill realizes he was wrong about Tom not being able to still play at a high level because he's still doing it, but. I think they're just like Bill's not trying to go back to that, and I don't. And like, so I think Bill is like, we have Mac Jones here. We're gonna play this out with Mac because if, again, if you come here and Brady's the quarterback for even just a year, what what happens to Mac? He's just a backup. He just goes into the woods, like uh, the woodwork. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. And my last point here with Tom is like, currently, Tom Brady is six and six, throwing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brait. Julio Jones, you name it. So he's going to come to New England and throw to Tyquan Thornton and a defensive back who is playing at slot this week. Like, again, like you can't just get I, – I can't wrap my head around that. Do the Patriots have good tight ends? I think he'd be good with – He would yeah, be good with those. He would be good with those tight ends. Do, would Jacoby Myers probably stay? Yeah, Jacoby would probably stay. Kendrick Bourne probably would be pretty good. But it's like I just – Yeah. We'd have to – with Tom, we'd have to use cap space to also get some good receivers. Yeah. Which we've, like, we've been calling for that for a while now, so it's not like we can just say that. But I absolutely agree. Like, again, if he's going to come back, I think part of that would be like, okay, we need like a number one, a number two, maybe a number three. Yeah. I just <laughs> – it's a fun story. Yeah. It's cool to talk about. But I think I think both parties – meaning Bill and Tom are probably at a good place. Like they're like, I think they're, they're okay with each other. And I will also never forget that Tom Brady was illegally tampering with the Miami dolphins while he was a Patriot. And for that, I still have lost a lot of respect for him. I don't, he's still the greatest football player of all time. He is still, you know, one of my idols. It's just like that leaves a stain a little bit on, his legacy. Would you? I know this is almost an unfair question, Kurt, but I'm just gonna ask it anyways. Yep. What if I could? What if I said one year deal for Brady, and I guaranteed you a Super Bowl? Oh I, yeah, I'm doing it. So, well, okay. if you're guaranteeing me a Super Bowl, I'm 100 percent doing. <laughs> okay, it. just check, just check it. I know like how strong the the feelings were. Cause... No, if we're talking Lombardi's on the line, then, <laughs> Lombardi's. Um, then I'm all the way back in. Dude, what if he comes back for a year, they win, and then both he and Belichick retire at the same time? 
Belichick like gets like that twentieth win and it's over yeah. and like wow that'd be pretty cool yeah and then now it's like who has the bigger retirement celebration Brady or Belichick <laughs> oh my god or they do it together that would be a crazy yeah. ending we're just getting crazy I mean it's the end of the podcast we're getting crazy so. yeah that is the end of the podcast but Bruno we do have one little just a small hmm. just a small little treat hmm. um, it is holiday season we do like treats yeah so does this do you person. like guys at holiday so does season? this person we we we've been doing. I, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> all right, everybody just relax. All right, only people at home are like, "Oh my god!" I, I can Especially it's relax. Tom Brady on the phone. <laughs> yeah, Tom's on the phone. Um, I said earlier in um, the the season, I think it was episode one, maybe. I think it was even like the episode, like where the pre the pre episode. Um, basically, that we would have stats guy back. Shout out to um, stats guy. Once or bi-weekly, I think I said in the, in that episode. Yeah, yeah let's, we can check the tape. This is episode fourteen. It might I meant by quarterly. By yeah, by quarterly. Yeah. Well, uh, the quarters <laughs> by up. quarterly. The quarter. The quarters <laughs> up, and uh, stats guy is in the building. Hello, boys. <laughs> stats guy. Woo! Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Sorry for the delay. Um. I'm not going to say apology accepted. Oh, wow. Never mind, guys. Never That's mind. the end of the podcast. Thanks you. Bruno, take us out. No. But I will say I understand because the self-confident queen that I am not um, really just um, convinced myself during this little hiatus that I added no value to the season no. last year. Right. So I said that mostly so that I could get hyped up. So if you could shower me. Yeah, we're showering. So Fuck here's the thing at the moment. Hyped. I just ripped the microphone away from Stats Guy because I am forgetting. She doesn't have her own microphone at the moment. So uh, I'm, we're sharing. We're Wait. sharing. Sharing is caring. Sharing is simply caring. And ooh, oh, my God. <laughs> um, I hope the fans... I, I hope the fans that have been waiting for my inevitable return. They've enjoy been waiting. This, They've yeah, been waiting. enjoy this sound quality. Shout out Leslie, um, Mr. Gurley. And um, during this little five-minute um, treat for you all. Three minutes and 30 seconds now. Damn. Um, I did prepare a stat. Ooh. And remember how. That is your job. And last season, stats guy. stats guy's the name. Don't wear it out. Um, remember how last season when I would say, you know, sometimes I wish you guys would keep me on the podcast for the whole beginning of the episode because sometimes you guys say, I don't know if that's true. Uh, stats guy, that stats guy, don't look that up. Or stats, <laughs> stats guy, look that up. Um, but I never know until ap- after the episode is fiend. Mm. Um, but fiend. let's tear down the fourth wall here. Mm. Um, I was just told I needed to be louder, so apologies for anybody who has louder. AirPods in. Um, thank you so much. Here I am. Um, I was able to hear about some facts that you guys were talking about on the pod, uh, and I looked them up while you guys were talking. And by facts, I mean just one, and it was at the very beginning, mm. and then I stopped listening. <laughs> honestly fair. Um, so obviously what we're going to be talking about today is Rihanna. Um and the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, that's the whole part about the football thing. But Kurt did also say that she's the first black female oh, no. uh, billionaire. So I wanted to fact check that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, simply did. So when I looked up billionaire. Was I right? Partially. <laughs> oh, okay. we'll take partial credit. You weren't wrong, but you also weren't correct. Okay. 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 It's a tie. It's a tie. <laughs> so when I, well, we don't tie in football. 
Did they tie in football? Oh my gosh. She they wasn't have. listening. She, I, we can't even blame her. She wasn't listening. Wait, I did <laughs> self-admit that I wasn't really listening, but didn't someone recently just do that? Yeah, Abby, like this week, I just spit all of Bruno's microphone. It's been a busy week for me. I haven't really had much time to sit down and watch the sport that I Oh, if know only there love. was a recap for you that would give you all the stuff in like an hour format, but that's okay. Hour and 14 minutes it that's was true. when I sat down. That's fair, true. That's honestly fair. So one minute. Great. <laughs> If you all couldn't hear that, that was Kurt reminding me that my time is running out. He did limit me on five minutes this episode, and unfortunately, I'm going to be needing extra credit on this episode, Mr. Fields. Um, so you did all of last season as well, so no worries on that. I never had any time restrictions last year. No, you did because at the beginning I was like, Abby, ten minutes, and then it became thirty-minute stats guy segments with I'm zero sorry. stats. I'm sorry. The, st- I'm the stats might have been lacking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, anyways, anyways, now I feel like I know why maybe I wasn't kept on bi-weekly at least. Bi-quarterly. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, when I looked up who is the first black female billionaire, millionaire came up and that would be Madam C.J. Walker. Not what I asked. Right. So then um, I kept scrolling my good friend Google and um, the first woman, uh, first black woman billionaire, Oprah Winfrey. Oh, Want to know a, how long ago? But Kurt, should we talk about how that's a miss? Yeah, I missed. <laughs> I don't think Oprah's performing at the Super Bowl halftime show anytime soon, but if she did, that'd be great. She became the first female black billionaire in 2003. So she's been rich, rich for a long, long time. I was seven. I don't know. Okay. You know, <laughs> know. Rihanna's more my speed. Right. So um, maybe that was around her era where she was handing out cars, you know, all that kind of thing. And then um, one of the suggested. Keep going. I'm sorry. Keep going. Is Google not a good enough search engine for you? Donald, Are you going to look Donald it up on Trump Bing? It. I don't know. You going to look it up on Bing? Keep going. Okay. Um, the One of the Google suggested questions was, who's the richest black female singer? Mm. Rihanna. Okay. Yeah. Rihanna is now worth $1.7 billion, Damn. according to an estimation by Forbes, which was in Forbes. 2021. 2021, some might call it. No, I did say Forbes, so I knew that part at he least. Cited his, he cited his sources. Okay. Um, and then there was also a little stat for like the top uh, richest. Um, I don't remember the stat. I can't find it. <laughs> That's stats guy for you, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. I refreshed the Google search and the <laughs> and question <it> was gone. <laughs> simply went away. So... Anyways, that's my stat. Thank you so much for having me on. I've missed you tremendously. I found what I've, I found what the thing that I was talking about. She Would was like not the first. She was not the first female black female billionaire. She was the youngest black female billionaire. And that's why vocabulary is important. Yep. So goodbye, stats guy. See okay. you next quarter. Okay, for next quarter. Yeah, Are we most of the way through the football season? Yeah, we'll season? see you in the spring yeah. for whatever we do in the spring, which the is draft. nothing. Oh, well, Let's live stream the draft again. We do do that. Me and no, Bruno do I that. No, I know, but I wasn't there, and I would like to be filmed for six hours straight. It was a lot of hours. Goofing. We had some pizza, and we were goofing. Yeah. Had pizza just to goof about fucking Cole Strange. Yeah. And Bruno drove two hours. In Seabiscuit? In Seabiscuit. In Seabiscuit. Uh, yeah, that was the time. But, I mean, if you if you want to come to that... You're invited. How is Seabiscuit? You know, um, still alive, but he's barely breathing. That's that my go-to line for Seabiscuit. That's what I like to say. Bruno, 
Uh, well, first, thanks, Stats Guy. Round of applause. Yeah, round right. Stats Yay! Guy. Welcome Stats back. Guy! Welcome back. See you later. Uh, thank you for doing your thing. Uh, do you have anything to say to the fans? Probably for the last time this season. <laughs> Damn, that was really mean. I didn't care. <laughs> I was, was going to say. I just, that's harsh. Stats Guy brings a lot and brings a new crowd of listeners to the this pod. This is true. The, the demo. You, the, our listens have gone down since Stats Guy left the pod. So, like, shout out to you. Uh, just anything for the fans? I would like to turn a blind eye to the slander. Oh, me too. I just received, as will Bruno. <laughs> I stand um, with you in turning a blind eye. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've been left speechless for the first time in my life. <laughs> Thank God. With that, Bruno, take us home. What a lovely pod. Shout out Stats Guy for the return. Uh, Kurt, we we do have a pick six that's heating up. And by heating up, I mean I don't think I've made any ground over the last like five weeks. But you know what? I'm going to say it's heating up because it's more exciting. Kurt, what's more exciting? The Patriots playoff race or the pick six race? I don't know. Uh, the pick six Pick race. six. So we're going to do our pick six this weekend. Stay tuned for when that's going to be. But for now, uh, thank you as always to our millions of fans, sponsors, listeners, and people around the world. And we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, if you didn't hear that. <laughs> Everyone heard it. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>